0: Leadership file on Premier.
1: This is the Leadership File, bringing you conversations with leaders and experts on leadership themes. I'm Andy Peck, your host, and whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via a podcast, it's great to have you along. This week we're doing the second part of a conversation I had with Nick and Marjorie Allen. Nick and Marjorie are the authors of a book, The X, Y, Z of Discipleship, Understanding and Reaching Generations Y and Z. In the first show, we reminded ourselves that Generation Y is those aged 24 to 39 and Generation Z, those 6 to 24. And Nick and Marjorie have spent the last 25 years or so ministering particularly to that age group, more recently in the Well Church in Sheffield. Uh, so Nick and Marjorie, you, you mentioned the importance of having the correct lens to observe generations Y and Z in your book. And there are some typical traits that seem to be anti-authority, anti-gospel. We talked about that in the previous show a little bit. Um, yet many provide potential connection points with God. So perhaps you could kind of survey the the challenges and the blessings of for those of us in the Generation X group who are seeking to minister to Generation Y and Z.
0: That's a really good question, Andy. Uh, I think we've learned a lot as we have spent time out on the city streets of Britain today. So we could be hearing a narrative that tells us that this generation are missing from the church, uh, they have no biblical understanding, they're not interested, and it's a bleak picture. But our experience as we go out to form connections, we do that several times a week as a church, is that we discover that, those particularly around the age group of about uh, 17 to 21 these days are extremely spiritually hungry. Uh, They they have a great longing to connect with God. Uh, The the conversation that we repeatedly have sounds something like this, my parents uh, didn't do church uh, or dropped out of church, etc. My grandparents did and I've been thinking about faith recently and I've been wondering about God and where I fit and right there is a door they're open to experience God to allow us to pray for them they're open to coming to church because they have uh, they certainly don't have a negative view of church because they've never been before, and um, so we've noticed that in recent years there's been a huge shift as we reach out to this generation. And so I think it's it, it, the first thing to see is that there is an opportunity for the gospel, and they are spiritually. Um, hungry and then there are many aspects of this generation that may have been given some very negative press you know that they are entitled or self-centered or lazy or slackers or snowflakes they won't commit to things etc and with that we really encourage in our book be careful what you are listening to what lens you are looking through and so for example their attitude to work and commitment Um, a gen x might look at it and think you're not committed you leave the office Early, or you change jobs, or you change churches regularly, and um, but we are talking about the generation that has been raised on the possibilities, on the options, on on changing regularly on having a work-life balance, on doing your emails in the cafe queue so that you can leave the office early, for example. And so we, we just have to be careful from one generation to another that we don't make judgments according to the way in which we see, but may, that may be different to how the father sees them.
2: And I, and I think, Andy, the, um, there's a temptation to say, oh, you know, uh, the young generations are, are against the gospel or, or, or anti-authority or, you know, they've rejected church. Um, and we talked uh, in our last episode about the way that Jesus discipled, which was to ask questions and basically to say, follow me, you know, come and see. Uh, uh, and actually, if we switch the way that we view the generational change that's happening around us, if we switch our lens, um, let's, let's look at it in a different way. We're talking about people who, who are attracted to causes um, In the environment is huge. Racial uh, issues are huge. Uh, inclusion is is huge, and so on. Social justice is is a huge. The um, people are cause driven uh, in the younger generations today, and I see that as a as seeds of the gospel. Um, and if the church is bold enough to say, "Hey, you know what? We have a cause. It, it's the life and the t- and uh, the transformation of Jesus Christ in our lives and our society. That is the greatest cause that we can sign up for." Um, It's actually a fantastic opportunity. Let's find the connection points between the gospel and the current culture, rather than kind of seeing where the jarring points are and definitely connecting with people's passion. You know, uh, my children believe they can change the world. And they're actually quite grumpy with Marjorie and me for not having changed it enough so far. <laughs> you know? yes. uh, and, and they really have self-belief and uh, that this is, the, this is their generation to change the world. And, and why is everybody else not on the same platform? Well, Christians are called to change the world uh, you know, in, the, in the most healthy way possible. And so that is a cause that we can call people into and not be afraid of that as a church.
0: Yeah. i think with that the, the big challenge for us as leaders and as those who disciple others is are we really painting a picture of the kingdom and as mm-hmm. they look at my life do they see the greatest adventure to be part of and uh, i i'm always reassessing things that's a good question to ask oneself if not why not what what do we need to change to be to to really follow jesus because he's the the greatest adventurer there is on this planet available so it's introducing people to him
1: i recall um interviewing bob mayo who's written a book about millennial generation and he'd done some survey work amongst the anglican church as to why people particularly with the millennials had 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 left and he said that in many cases people had not rejected christianity they just kind of drifted away into a um, into working life and just not had time for god and and it was a kind of it was the kind of help to, to the church to realize that that actually there's a lot of folk who could be rekindled if they had a cause to follow, if they could be um, energized towards something that matters for, for them church had not quite grabbed them in a way or if you like God had not grabbed them or they'd not allowed God to grab them. And so what you're saying makes absolute sense of that conversation for some years ago.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting, Andy. And I think in this current um, post-lockdown season, COVID season, uh, people are reassessing life, aren't they? And they're considering their priorities and where maybe they were too busy choosing different things with a fear of missing out or the church was too busy with activities. That's one for us to consider what we're actually calling people into. So there is an opportunity now for us to do things differently uh, as we move forward
1: book speaks of the, the importance of community and um, certainly re- reflecting on uh, people in my son's generation, Generation Z, um, I mean, if they, enter, if they enter church and heard the church's classic conservative teaching on, on many moral issues, they'd be aghast and unlikely to want to join. But if close friends who they trusted invite them along and can help them interpret what can be sometimes seems as harsh teaching, it's a whole new ballgame. And I, it just struck me reading your book that people connect with church in all sorts of ways, but your book emphasises community. You have this this Tuesday tea that sounds fascinating uh, and discussion, and that's going to resonate particularly with this generation. If they're coming to a church cold, they may they may come and go away again, thinking, "Crumbs, what are these people about?" But if they're coming into community, there's a different kind of atmosphere going on.
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely, Andy. I think creating environments where it can be relational. So this generation, as Nick has mentioned, are the feedback generation. They'll tell the university professor how he could do it differently uh, <laughs> at the end of the lecture. And that is very different uh, to how things were when I was at university. Uh, they're used to environments where they can ask questions and everybody's opinion, as Nick mentioned, is, is on a level playing field. Um, so if we as the church create environments Environments such as those, whether it's in our communities, our missional communities, so we really emphasise eating together because eating around a table breaks down barriers, creates friendship, allows people to be real and ask those questions, but also allows us to speak from our hearts and to speak truth uh, as well, where there is, you know, there is a place for that. So we um, encourage that in community life. In, In our church premises, we have open cafe nights as well, where we might look at different subjects such as marriage or relationships and uh, allow people to come in. We have sometimes a panel of people and they speak from their lives. And sometimes people's story is very important. Uh, uh, And then people can ask questions. So it's allowing environments where people can ask questions. I think we achieve more on those nights than maybe if we went out on a Sunday and directly preached on some subjects so in some of these um, more difficult or contentious issues as it were um, uh, we attempt to approach them like that we say that we're going to talk about this within the context of family and within those contexts we will draw people to the scripture and we'll absolutely share how how we see things according to um, uh, Jesus Christ but within that relational environment
2: yeah, I think relationship's massive, and so is experience. This is an experiential generation. Uh, uh, these are people who are used to uh, kind of theme parks or, or pub crawls and anything that in, involves interacting with, it, with people and having highs and lows. Uh, and so I'm, I'm always actually very confident when a new young adult comes uh, across our church uh, threshold, say on a Sunday night, and they're looking a bit like rabbits in a headlight. And it's like, yeah, this is weird, and I can't get away from that but come and see, Uh, actually come and experience the presence of God which dwells when God's people gather. And that I'm really confident in. God is, you know, he draws people to himself through the power of the Spirit. And actually one of the things we've done is seek to show the Spirit in action. And so, Uh, the kind of uh, ministry time that one might have at the end of a service where you lay hands on someone and pray for them to be changed and so on. We've actually uh, found ways that we can introduce people who walk up and down our street on a Friday night um, outside the church, for example, which is next to all the cafes and the bars in in one of the busy streets in Sheffield. Uh, And we actually say, hey, come on, Uh, do you want to encounter God? Do you want to experience a, a supernatural touch of the living divine God? Most people say yeah, or at least I'm open to that kind of thing, uh, and so uh, and so we'll pray for them there, and then we'll lay hands on them. We'll uh, ask people to have uh, words from God for them in real time, and so on. And that opens a door uh, because for the experiential kind of show and tell generations, they can see they can see this Christianity. Uh, I don't jump into doctrine, you know. In my first encounter with a an unchurched person, I I I ask them to encounter the living God.
0: And um, I think what those environments allow us to do is to love people. and, And that's just hugely important in discipleship. And I remember just seeing a post on social media where somebody was questioning whether our environment was liberal or conservative. And there was a response, you know, it's a conservative discipleship environment. But what followed was beautiful. Uh, somebody said, you know, I went to process my lifestyle and my beliefs. And what I found is that they loved me really well and you will find people there of all sorts of lifestyles and backgrounds and they're on a journey with God and for me that was a major win uh, and I guess if we can just grow in in loving people and loving them towards God.
1: Yeah. I, know we're, I know we're Christians by our love is, uh, yeah. is the is the phrase isn't it very much so thank you for thank you for that we're you're listening to Leadship Far with me Andy Peck I'm joined by Nick and Mandri Allen Uh, they uh, have written a book The XYZ of Discipleship Understanding and Reaching Generations Y and Z we're exploring aspects of that book in this uh, show we'll be back just after this Welcome back to Leadership File with me Andy Peck, I'm joined this week by Nick and Marjorie Allen Uh, they've spent the last 25 years or so ministering in churches largely made up of uh, the age group of Generation Y and Z uh, uh, Generation Y being 24 to 39, Generation Z Roughly aged six to twenty-four. That is uh, today. Um, we were talking before the break a little of uh, uh, of some of the challenges of understanding those. If you're not a part of that age group, uh, and many of us in Christian leadership will be probably Generation X or, or, or Baby Boomers, um, and just the, the beauty of uh, of seeking to uh, lead folk into uh, a relationship with God, and how particularly before the break we were looking at how experience of God. And, and prayer for folk it means that folk experience or the, the folk from the generation uh, Y and Z group experience something of the love and goodness of God uh, before perhaps they engage particularly with the necessarily the doctrines and the, and the thought of the church, which is also, of course, uh, uh, majorly important. You, you mentioned that the, the tu- I mentioned the Tuesday teas in, in, in passing, which you mentioned in the book. Uh, so you kind of have an uh, open house on a Tuesday. This is obviously in pre-COVID days.
0: This was indeed pre-COVID day, so uh, we just marked out uh, one day of the week where we would know we'll all be at the table as a a family at a certain time because we found lots of nights are very busy in family life. Listeners will probably be aware of this. There's the football and the swimming and the music when you have teenagers. So we always sit down to a family meal together, but if we have one night that we know we invite others around the table, um, that's just hugely helpful children have an expectation. There will always be uh, people around our table, extra people. So there are some regular people that might come every Tuesday. And then there are people that maybe we want to draw into closer orbit with us and and just allow them to experience family or maybe have uh, a greater depth of relationship. So it's very helpful to make a plan around a heart value. I have found over the years that um, I have I hold the value of an open home. I'm Irish. And so uh, in Irish culture, people drop by all the time un- and unannounced and uninvited. Um, but practically, that doesn't really happen in Britain today. And if I'm to hold that value, I have to create a structure and a plan around it. Otherwise, it's just something in my heart and it doesn't actually happen. So I think it's important for us to think about how and where and when are we going to disciple people. It's the best use of our time, but without structure to it. Uh, So both Nick and I also have um, small discipleship groups where we invite young men and young women in for a season to just spend time with us and we process life and what God is saying and we ask them what he's saying to them. It's very simple. I'm doing those on Zoom at the moment. And um, uh, those times, maybe it's once a month or once a week with some groups, uh, allow me to have that greater depth of relationship. Uh, and it, there's cost to it in terms of my diary, but it, I have found it is the best use of my time.
1: It sounded very idyllic, your, your mum continually baking cakes and uh, making bread and stuff. It must have been a quite a, a, a very uh, pleasant place to grow up.
0: Yeah. And and, and Irish culture is great like that. But I guess many people in in urban Western life today can't live like that. You know, our lives are busy. Women are working. uh, And so we can't just bake and have uh, food on the table regularly for people. So maybe just creating times where uh, we do do that because it's that value of eating together. And having people into your home context is right there from the beginning of the New Testament church. So the question for us is, how are we going to do it in in our cultural context today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can't do a show looking at Generation Y and Z without mentioning uh, the social media uh, and the uh, acronyms uh, YOLO, Y-O-L-O, and FOMO, F-O-M-O, FOMO. Um, YOLO, of course, You Only Live Once, and uh, FOMO, The Fear of Missing Out. So, uh, and this is, the, I guess, the missional challenge is, is to the extent to which you enter that world and, and try and influence it and play the game, and the, the extent to which you critique it and say, actually, this is, this is inappropriate ways of living. We want to offer a, an alternative. Or whether there's a bit of both. I don't know what, how you react to that, the, the kind of social media challenges.
2: Um, the simple answer to that, Andy, for me is yes, uh, we have to engage in those spaces. Um, that is, it, The digital space today is not just an alternative, it's not just something that someone might turn their phone on once in a while and have a look at. People actually inhabit, they live in a digital space today. So there's, there's conversations and opinions flying around all the time online, on the phones, on YouTube and so on, that one never has in person. Uh, and, and so the, the church, um, we talk about uh, the, the when, when you're ordained as an Anglican minister, I, I, I happen to be a Baptist minister, and um, when you're ordained as an Anglican, um, you, you're you one of the calls upon uh, a vicar is to proclaim afresh the gospel to each generation. And, and that's the call for each of us. And if we're to proclaim the gospel afresh, we have to find the ways that, that speak the language of the people that we're trying to reach. And that simply is, is the digital space. It's the social media. Um, when we, we we actually planted a church five years ago, it's called The Well in Sheffield. And we decided to engage and actually pay for a social media person to help us to do that uh, from the very beginning. Uh, and so, you know, um, I'll tell you why, Andy. I'll tell you what's so important because um, social media is discipling the next generation all the time. Um, and so the question is, how is the church going to disciple the next generation and and be yes it can be an alternative voice but it has to engage in that same space otherwise my teenagers and the 20-somethings around me they'll be bombarded with their snapchats and their tiktoks and instagram and so on and uh, you know there's a million podcasts out there and and actually the church has to be louder not quieter in that space than it's ever been before I i really believe that
1: Yes, it's, we, we were talking about discipleship, and people presume that that's that's a Christian thing. But everyone is being "quotes" discipled. They all that's right. they're all imitating someone about something. They all have an aspiration. It's just some sadly those aspirations uh, are not not healthy ones or helpful ones. And um, yeah. Uh, But you are
0: right, uh, Andy, as well, that there is the balance there. So uh, as Nick has said, we absolutely want to be a a leading voice in that realm. Uh, I guess as well, though, as we disciple young people, we do want to open their eyes to the reality of social media and where it leads people and that is regularly into much brokenness. And so talking about that and having an experience of that and speaking right into that is hugely important. So as a church, we have just been focusing over the summer on the holy habits, how we deepen our relationship with God in this post-lockdown time. And so there was an opportunity for us to look at silence and solitude, which in many cases today just never happens. You know, people wake up and immediately are on their phone and looking at the latest opinions and voices, etc., and go to bed with the phone and are even woken up in the middle of the night. By text, etc., and so we looked at how our lives changed with the introduction of the smartphone, and what it might look like to make changes and not be driven by this. Um, piece of machinery that we we live with on constant reaction to um and make changes as disciples of Jesus and that's been quite a significant one for some of our young adults to actually consider their lives mm. and what does it look like to be countercultural today so i i think that is what you were alluding to there is tension mm. there to be right in the middle of the social media but also call people to live in a different way
1: yeah. well as as we're coming to a close um just to I mean, congratulations on the references in the book drawn from a, all sectors of the evangelical and charismatic worlds. Um, I was kind of glad to hear and and to read. Um, any books or writers that that have stood out for you as you've been researching and thinking about these issues?
2: Yeah, um, there are a couple of books I'd, I'd recommend. One is about uh, Generation Y. One is about Z. So uh, there's one called "Leading the Millennial Way," and that's by Simon Barrington and and, and Rachel it's better to google her surname it's kind of leechford but uh leading the millennial way uh, is is just a it explains uh, why why generation why the millennials are the the way they are and and how we can lead them well Uh, and then um, there's one called meet generation z by james emery white um, he's great, uh, and I think that's actually from a U.S. perspective. But uh, again, it's called understanding and reaching the post-Christian world. It's, it's understanding wh- wh- where people are at and, and how, do we, um, how do we engage them with the Christian message, uh, nevertheless.
0: Are there are also some voices uh, today that are significant for the church uh, in the Western urban context in terms of discipleship. So uh, we like very much John Mark Comer, based in Portland, in the USA, Oregon. and he's written a number of books, uh, the the most recent one, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, where he looks at what it means to be a disciple uh, in today's generation. And also Mark Sayers, uh, based in Melbourne, Australia, and they're just key voices for the church today. He's written uh, Disappearing and Reappearing Church are his titles, and they're worth a read as we consider things, certainly for church leaders.
1: Fabulous. So just if you look, if you've been looking for a pen <laughs> uh, and wanted to take a note of these. So uh, Generation Y, uh, Leading the Millennial Way. Uh, Generation uh, Z, one was uh, Meet Generation Z by James Emery White. Uh, um, and then other voices included John Mark Comer's, his book, Release, uh, the, the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, and then Mark Sayers, Disappearing and Reappearing
2: yeah two books disappearing church reappearing church oh, they okay. do a just... brilliant podcast uh, as well if you just look out for them for a podcast that they, they do together mm-hmm. um it's excellent
1: Fabulous.
0: The, the, the podcast is called this cultural moment and that's very helpful in asking the kind of questions we've been looking at this morning
1: brilliant well you've we're in your debt thank you so much for all all your insights and for and also your book of course which i'll encourage people to to, to to find the book is called xyz of discipleship understanding and reaching generations y and z i was able to uh skim most of it uh, in preparation for this and it's well worth uh, a look and uh I, I know i particularly you know warm towards your discipleship part in the first section which uh, if you're not uh, familiar with the concept of of discipleship and um and, and all that it's possible within that then um it's a, it's a very good primer for you in the, in the start of the book so thank you very much uh for being my guest and for that book thanks andy that's thank really you. encouraging to yes,
2: hear yes it's I mean, been great bless to be you guys you. Mm. okay
1: good well do um uh, log on to premier's website and you can listen to archived versions of leadership file of course including this one in due course if you don't already log on to wherever you normally get your podcast and you can listen to this as a podcast many thousands uh, download this show every every week and uh, obviously listen whatever time of the day so uh this is andy peck saying goodbye and uh thanking you for joining us